So, welcome to um, another high-budget, poorly edited podcast um, uh, for Curve. Uh, this time, once again, we're we're recording from a tent. Um, as most people know, Jesse and and myself are off on a on a big adventure and um, living large. So. I'm huddled up in, in our tent in Cardwell Caravan Park um, and tonight I'm just going to give Kate Fowler uh, a bit of a phone call. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Kate is, Kate is um, one of the, um, the Curve crew. Um, she's a good friend of mine. She's an awesome bike rider um, and recently she just uh, returned from taking on the the unsupported bike race, uh, the Transatlantic Way in Ireland. So I thought um, we'd have a bit of a chat and just see see how she um, how she went. You know, any of the challenges that she had and what the race was about, and I guess any advice that she can give other people. So um, won't waste any time. We'll um, we'll give her a call. Hello. Hey, Kate. How are you? <laughs> Hi. I'm good. What are you up to? <laughs> um, I was actually, uh, I was just reading over the, my little, like, diary that I've written for the Transatlantic Way, trying to remember what happened. <laughs> well, that's a coincidence because I'm calling you to talk about it. This is not, not, not scripted in any way at all. <laughs> So it's it's lucky that you have that diary on hand. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been trying to get it written for the last four days or so, and I keep uh, getting a little bit done and coming back to it. And, um, while, while settling into regular life again, I bet. Yeah. Well, maybe before we, we talk about the diary entry, how about we, um, we kind of start off with... Um, I guess what you just did. So where you were, what you rode, how far, kind of terrain. If you want to talk a little bit about your most recent adventure. Sure. Um, so, yeah, the Transatlantic Way is a uh, solo, unsupported uh, road race. It's not officially a race anymore, but it is a race. Um there's two route options. The long one is uh, just under two and a half thousand kilometres, and which is what I did. Yep. And there's the short option, which is seventeen hundred kilometres. So um, it's. Did I mention it's in Ireland? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Where was this amazing race held? <laughs> yeah, so you start in um, Dublin and ride up to Derry. You can choose your own route to Derry and then from there you follow a um, designated route all around the west coast. So it sort of more or less follows this tourist driving route called the Wild Atlantic Way and it kind of follows the uh, rather squiggly line of the Irish west coast. And the wild weather. Yeah, you go out to every peninsula and... (laughs) What was it like um, having to, obviously, many races, I guess, have a set route. 
So in this one, you had to kind of decipher the first section yourself. <laughs> yeah, except you didn't really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because the organisers do hold your hand a bit and they uh, they offer a suggested route to dairy, which I think probably 90% of the riders took. Um, but other, like someone said, you know, their mate who did it just analysed every road and managed to cut out like a good few hundred metres of climbing. <laughs> I guess it, it all adds up at the end of the day, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, you could definitely get there a lot quicker if you... Like, the suggested route, which is what I took, was um, a bit of a maze of country lanes and sort of narrow back roads and things. And for anyone that has been living under a rock, um, an unsupported race, what does that mean? So uh, there's no no one following you in a car. You... Uh, find your own food, find your own accommodation. Um, there's, uh, yeah, you're sort of looking after yourself out there and you're not riding with anyone else. No um, no one to offer you assistance, no one to invite you into their home for a nice warm bed. <laughs> <laughs> as tempting as it is when you're riding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, just like uh, it's kind of like if you're I don't know if you're out touring but you were doing it as fast as you possibly could yeah and what what was your plan for this race so were you out there to <laughs> to, <laughs> to ride as fast as you could or just tick some boxes or um I didn't really have a plan and I <laughs> I wasn't really planning to race at all actually so, um, yeah, when I first signed up, I, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this and, you know, I've got nine months to train, I'm going to train this, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to, like, I'm trying to be the first woman at least and, yep. you know, I want to do, like, 300 k's a day, mm-hmm. um, but I never trained <laughs> and so, yeah, by the time it got closer and closer to the event, I was like, oh, this is probably a bit silly. Um, maybe I should just put off to next year. And <laughs> <laughs> like I'd already booked the flights and stuff, so I was like, oh, I'll just go do it and I'll just ride the route and sort of tour it. <laughs> and, and see what I happens. Into, um, yeah, got talked into doing it anyway. So, so then the plan was, all right, I'll just try to do it in 10 days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, broke that down into that. 240 k's a day and I was like well that's that's possible that's that's <laughs> still a long really way it's still a long yeah. way for yeah. for anyone that maybe just rides on the weekend or you know socially like it's that's it's seen on paper it might seem like just you know I can do 200 k a day but day after day after day after day well I didn't really know if I could do it or not I sort of thought I just I knew I could do one day I didn't know if my body would hold up to doing it <laughs> again and again. Yeah. But I thought, I know, I'll do the first day and then maybe if my body kind of just gives out on me, I'll, I'll just relax and, and basically like tour until I have to go home. Yeah. Um, because your experience is um, endurance racing, isn't it? So... 
Originally, originally a, a track rider, maybe. Probably back in the days of the, the Melbourne Hurt Girls when you were racing track, probably. Yeah, I mean, like, I got into, I guess I got into the more, like, I don't know, the more, I, I guess I just, like, met all the crew through yeah. riding a bit of track. And I never got serious about track, but, um, yeah, hung out with Melbourne Hurt and then, and like, the Fixie guys. Um, and then I got into cyclocross. Yep. Didn't take that too seriously, but <laughs> um, <laughs> started uh, started the Melbourne Dirt Girl Gang through yeah you know, CX racing and that sort of thing. And then hung out with Curve Crew a lot, I guess. And it rubs off, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think I think slowly. <laughs> yeah, I think we just need to get Liam um, to do an endurance race, and then everyone's kind of ticked <laughs> off. So it's it can be quite addictive. I think um, your first kind of uh, experience was the Indy Pack last year. Yeah, that was the first kind of uh, yeah official um, baptism of fire. Yeah. <laughs> So you did that yeah. as a you did that as a, a team relay, but um, you still had your challenges, I guess. From I guess riding day after day, climbing through the mountains, so it kind of gave you a taste of what a full race might be like. Mm. Yeah, I think that experience meant that I wasn't completely diving into the deep end. Like I mm-hmm. sort of knew what to expect in, in terms of what would happen to my uh, psychological state and. And mm-hmm. body and that, all that, and how to deal with um, yeah, you know, how to eat enough food and that sort of thing. Yeah, the food's the best bit, isn't it? <laughs> Until you get to the end and you don't want to eat at all because your face hurts from chewing. <laughs> so why did why did you pick the transatlantic way? Um, I think uh, I don't like. <laughs> like really warm weather <laughs> okay <one>. yeah <laughs> and, <laughs> and apparently you know island's not too hot so no. that was one reason um rishi fox did it last year and yep. i saw a few photos from that it looked pretty amazing so i thought it'd be a great way to see island <laughs> really fast yep speed tourism <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes you posted some lovely photos while you were riding, so people can see them on your Instagram page if um if you're not following Kate already. Uh, yeah. What's, what's your Instagram handle again? Kate the Fowler. That's right, Kate the Fowler. <laughs> so if you want to see some of the great photos she took while she was pedalling through Ireland, you can jump on there and have a look. Yeah, I've still got quite a few nice ones I haven't put up. But, um. Uh, like he was tempting to just stop every five minutes and take pictures. It's crazy, isn't it? But that's what it's about, isn't it? It's the adventure. So you have to remember to look up and see where you are and breathe it in. And mm. Yeah, and that, like, that kind of made it easy to keep going because you just knew that, like, around, you know, the next hill, the next corner, it was just going to be another, like, incredible view. Yeah, so, and hill. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have many highs and lows while you were racing? Yeah, every day. Yeah. There was every day you'd um you'd have a high point and a low point or or a couple of high and low points. So but yeah, you kind of um which is alright, you get to expect that 
you know, when you're at a low point, you're like, all right, it's not going to last. I've, I've been here before yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> get better. So normally, like, yeah, the mornings could be, you might feel all right, but um, it usually took a while to get going. And um, it was more often raining in the morning and you're in a bit more pain. <laughs> Do you want to explain to people what it's like first thing in the morning when you're doing these rides or races? Um, I know what it's like, but um, <laughs> it's um, for people people listening. You want to explain how you feel when you wake up first thing in the morning? Well, I didn't do it as tough as you did. Oh no 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 no! It's still tough. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't wake up like in a ditch. I normally <laughs> um, normally woke up in a nice bed actually, and. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just, I, sorry. You're right, huh? I usually, um, <laughs> I usually eat something while I'm still in bed. <laughs> I pull some hot cross buns out of my saddlebag because <laughs> I was already hungry, even if I'd eat in bed when I fell asleep. <laughs> That's totally normal. That happens even when you're lying in a ditch. Trust me. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I didn't, I've probably already, um, forgotten how painful it was, but usually, like, um, you know, you try to walk and you're just kind of hobbling around and (laughs) (laughs) walking up and down stairs is pretty tricky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the mornings you just kind of, you just, you're trying to fuel up, that's how I found it, I was trying to eat before I bonked. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then I just always got really frustrated in the mornings because I'd like have to stop constantly to do a wee and yeah. the weather was changing. Like, because you'd, you'd start the day with wearing all of your clothes and then you're like peeling your clothes off. And then in the middle of the day, you're sort of like on, off, on, off, on, off. And then mid, like, <laughs> <laughs> you end up with like the least amount of clothes and yeah. you go through the cycle again at the end of the day and start putting your clothes back on. It's a good way to stay awake too if you take off all your clothes as well, especially in a place like Ireland because you'll just stay cold and stay awake. It's it, That's a that's a free tip for anyone doing these races. Uh, the weather there is frustrating just because it changes so constantly. Like five minutes and you're hot and the next five minutes you're cold did you have many challenges with the weather? Did you have enough clothing and... Yeah, it was like, it was never like so extremely cold or or warm. It was more that it just constantly changed. So you just <laughs> couldn't regulate your body temperature. Yeah. And um, because the course is just constant rollers, you just, you're literally going up and down hills the whole time. Um, your body temperature is going up and down doing that. And getting like the wind chill on the descents. Yeah, your body temperature does funny things in these races. It's, yeah, um, by just, the end, it was yeah, self-regulating. It's, yeah, the fatigue and everything else that sets in can make it a little bit challenging. So, I'm just going to apologise if anyone listening to this can hear the baby crying in the background. <laughs> I <just heard>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, yeah, we've got a live audience tonight. Um, but yes, I am in a caravan park inside the tent recording this podcast. So, um, apologies for the interference. So there it goes again. 
Um, so, yeah, again, getting back to your highs and your lows, is there anything that really stands out from this this ride compared to even the indie pack? Like, it it was a lot tougher than the indie pack ride. Yeah, for um, for distance or because you were more on your own and not in a not in a group. For a lot of reasons, um, I actually found the roads tougher. So even though there was less climbing, um, you could never, like everything about that route was designed to slow you down. So you could never just, <laughs> you, you could never just like sit on one road for a few hours. It was mm-hmm. like um, a lot of really narrow country lanes yeah. that are only really wide enough for one car. So oh, wow. even if you're kind of descending, you always got to keep an eye out for someone coming towards you. Um, often a tractor. <laughs> um, <laughs> there were there were like sheep on the roads. You'd be descending a, a mountain, and there'd be sheep in the middle of the road. <laughs> would run out in front of you. Um, Just like kangaroos, Kate. Like, that's changing all. Changing direction and stopping and starting. <laughs> Worse than kangaroos. Um, and yeah, and rollers. So you could never get you could never get a rhythm, and it'd yeah. be, just frustrating um but the and the hills were often quite like they were steep there weren't it wasn't just like a gradual climb and and then so you're um kind of putting a lot of load on the body and then taking it right off and um that can be hard so yeah i think like um one standout low moment was just like one morning um, I hadn't gone probably more than 10Ks and uh, I just kind of was in a bad spot mentally and Mm -hmm. I was in a lot of pain. My knee was just like excruciatingly painful and I really needed to pee. (laughs) (laughs) And I was for some reason kind of freaking out because I was going through these small towns but everything's closed and there's mm-hmm. no public toilets. And then by the time I found a service station, like I went in and went into the toilet and then I just like bawled for a few minutes. Oh. I was like, where did that come <laughs> from? Like, I didn't realise I was so upset. Well, these, um, these rides are mentally taxing. So it's um, the riding the bike part, I think, is the easy bit, isn't it? To some yeah. To some extent, it's... It's all that other stuff you have to manage. Yeah, you got to um, keep an eye on what's going on in your head. And I think for the most part, I was all right with that. Um, yeah, I'm like, I don't mind being by myself. I think mm-hmm. probably the solitude drives a few people a bit crazy. Yeah. Um, and other people on the race, in the race, were losing it because you know they'd see a sign that says um you know uh what's that town silly go 25 k's and they're like oh cool it's gonna be like an hour till we get there yeah and then the next minute the route turns left and you end up riding like 60 kilometers out of the way yep and three hours later you're still not there so Mm. It's, I think I think that's a trait of any race organizer or race director. They deliberately reroute 
from signs just to mess with your head. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. never so believe I, the signs. <laughs> no, I learned that lesson from the indie pack. Mm-hmm. That, that route, that my part of the route was um, just zigzags within zigzags. So I didn't pay any attention to signs. I just was trying to uh, follow that little line on the screen. <laughs> So what, what kept you going then if you, with sometimes when you were having your lows or, you know, your body was screaming or your head was screaming? So how do you how do you kind of push through that when, I guess, what for most people, they would just be like, no, nah, this is enough. I've had enough. I want to go home. Um, <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I didn't have anything better to do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much just break it down. So if you, I found, you know, if you try to think like, I've got another thousand kilometres to go before the end of this ride, or even if you're thinking, I've got another 150 kilometres to go today, mm-hmm. you're just going to get overwhelmed and think yep. it's too hard. So um, a lot of the time I break it down and say, all right, let's just try to get to the next 25 kilometre mark or even the next 10 kilometre mark. Yeah just break every part of the day down and then I also knew that if I was having a bad time it probably meant that I needed to eat yeah Um, cranky and I think oh okay when was the last time I took some Nurofen it's probably alright to take another some more painkillers and just yeah keep an eye on Nurofen is a food group so for anyone listening (laughs) it's um you you can yeah that's right at the um the bottom of the food pyramid, you should just ingest that stuff daily when you're racing. Um, but yeah. um, it, it does help. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That and coffee. And even just like, um, sometimes just a very, like a really small amount of like friendly human contact, which make mm-hmm. a massive difference. Oh, like it, just a nice person at the service station, even you'd be like, oh yeah, cool. And then burst into tears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, that, but that's, that's the isolation part of it. So you're riding, you know, day after day on your own with maybe your headphones in. So you appreciate those little things or the small gestures that you're probably not used to being without so regularly. Yeah. The, um, the other thing that made me <laughs> break into tears tragically was, um, I don't know where I was, but it was sort of in the morning and um, there was a like a school bus pulled over on the other side of the road and it was empty and the bus driver was standing in front of it and he just clapped as I rode past. <laughs> <laughs> so he's obviously a dot watch and he, he knew I was coming yeah. and I just waved at him, but like after I passed him, I just like... <laughs> it's it's lovely though you have these supporters that you've never met but they're out there cheering you on it's um it's it's a lovely lovely little bit of motivation especially if you're having a rough day yeah what about what about the highs so we we always talk about you know the the aches and the pains and the tears and that but there's like a completely different side to these races the the pain doesn't compare I mean the high the the highs made it so worth it like Ireland is just the most beautiful place and it was 
I think just being out in nature and, you know, feeling that genuine feeling of awe, um, like just sort of look at the views and just like, like literally say out loud, like, wow. Yeah. Constantly. It was, yeah, and I was like, oh, God, like I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Makes it hard to come and home. I, <laughs> yeah, I was just getting, I was just getting high off nature. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, just enjoying like saying hello to all the little farm animals. <laughs> 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 There's so many really cute little lambs and cows and um, <laughs> yeah. and things. You and I have that in common, so yeah. I was just thinking like. Uh, Sarah's got to do this race, but she might not win because she'll, <laughs> she'll keep having to stop and try to pat the cows. Yeah, it's um, I have to be really strong when I ride that I don't get distracted. So yeah, that's a good way to. That's like my kryptonite. Just put baby animals on course. <laughs> so that would be perfectly fine. So would you would you recommend people do this race or just do it as a ride, perhaps? Um. I'd, I'd recommend both. I mean, yeah. I definitely recommend it as a touring route. Yeah. Um, as a, it's it's a really tough race, so I think it's, it's something that like a seasoned rider like yourself mm-hmm. would enjoy. Yeah. But um, it's also accessible for someone who's it's their first race. Yeah. Particularly since there's two route options, and you can start out on the long route and um, within the first couple of hundred k's is the option to divert to the short route if you've gone okay this is too yeah much. <laughs> bit off Which more than i can a, chew a lot of people did when the yeah. option's there it can be very tempting too it's like mm. someone goes oh here's a shortcut so but it does obviously assist people if maybe they want to still you know achieve a finish and you mm. know not hurt themselves too much possibly yeah, I suppose it's um, a bit of a yeah consolation instead of scratching to at least yeah at least do that. It sort of for me it wasn't an option. So there was no, there was never any time you wanted to quit. <laughs> there were times when I thought I I might have to scratch. I, yeah. I sort of thought oh I don't know if, if I'll last. Yeah. But I didn't. I didn't want to do the short route. I thought if I if I can sort of stick to every, um, stick to my goal every day, mm-hmm. then I'll keep going. Did, um, who talked you into racing at in the end instead of just touring? Adam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, he worked some su- kind of subtle voodoo magic on me, I think. <laughs> he, um... <laughs> Because I'd already emailed Adrian, the organiser, and said, hey, can I move my position to next year? I'll just come and ride it. And he was like, yeah, yeah, cool. And then I told Adam about it. And he's like, yeah, we'll do whatever you want. But like, mm-hmm. I just want to see your dot on the screen. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what it was about that. I was like, oh, yeah. And he's like, just, just you know, give it a nudge, mate. Like, what's the worst that can happen? That's exactly you it. Do it. You don't do it. And I was yeah. like, oh. All right, I'll do it. Remember, have no regrets. So that's it's always the best thing with these races is to just know you've done your best and have no regrets. So yeah, did you um did you run into any of the other races along the way? 
Yeah, heaps. Um, so the first first couple of days, you see other riders constantly. Um, the because, back and forth, yeah. Because all the little towns and villages are so close together, you'd often pass a rider who pulled over for a refuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the last few days, I would see a couple of people. Yeah. <laughs> there was one guy who ended up doing a short route, but... I always ran into him. <laughs> it was so weird. Um, yeah, he was pacing me the same, but mm. doing 600 kilometres less. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> he was such a great guy, though. Like, he was, uh, he was a real laugh. He was, like, stopping at pubs and things. Yeah, there's, people have so many different um, definitions of racing, so... It's um, based on where you might sleep or where you might eat. But um, at the end of the day, it's your race. So it's, um, it's what you set out to do. Um, did you sleep indoors most of the time? Yeah, every night except for the last night. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, before I left, I was like, I'm probably not going to be here if I can help it because... Yep. I knew that, um, you know, you've got a good chance of being rained on. Like my bivvy is just kind of an open, basically an emergency bivvy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there wouldn't be much shelter unless you somehow, you know, found a cow shed or something to sleep in. Yeah. Um, so I just stayed in, in B&Bs and stuff. And then the last night I, I rode till about 2 a.m. and I was like, oh... If I'm going to sleep, I should probably sleep now. And ended up, um, <laughs> the, the B&Bs in the town that I was in were closed, but one of them had, like, a veranda with some <laughs> some furniture on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just curled up on this little wicker couch for about an hour or two and then kept riding. <laughs> but it was, it was no fun. Like, it was, um, bad. yeah, it was about five degrees, so... Makes it hard to sleep in the cold. Yeah, and like, and then after that, I was probably averaging about ten k an hour. Mm. I should have just um, stayed indoors, slept properly. Was that was it easy to find accommodation on the way? Yeah, yeah. There's stacks of B and Bs and hotels. That's all part of your planning with your logistics and everything at the start. So you got to do your research. Yeah. Well. I, the only plan that I had, so I worked out <laughs> more or less, more or less what town would, uh, that I'd be staying in if I um, met my goal kilometres for the day. Yep. And then at first I booked a place either the night before or in the morning and mm-hmm. then as the race went on I'd just book it sort of around five o'clock. Yeah. And just say to them, oh, I might get in after midnight. Can you, um, <laughs> like, is there a way that I can get in? And you leave the light on? Leave yeah. breakfast out. <laughs> but, yeah, it all worked out. I mean, yeah. And worst case, like, because it's a tourist route, mm-hmm. there's a lot of hotels that will have 24-hour reception, so you can just kind of barge in at 2 in the morning. And yeah, just in time for breakfast when they're setting up breakfast. <laughs> so, did you, um, you uh, food-wise, no problems? No, I was pretty lucky. My um, stomach stayed pretty settled. 
Um, I know a lot of races get sick, mm. um, but I was able to eat pretty well. Yeah. And yeah, I just I just ate lots of junk food mostly, lots of pizza and um, wedges and <laughs> chocolate milk and yeah, all the usual crap. It might sound like a dream to people listening that you just get to eat all this crap, but after about two or three days, you just you just want to you want to drink water and eat salad and and not even chew it. So <laughs> because it just becomes a challenge having to keep that food down. Yeah, well, my like mouth, I didn't want to eat. I wanted to eat just like ice cream. Yeah, but no, that's it fair. Was too cold because my tongue <laughs> felt. It kind of felt burnt the whole time, and then my mouth went all like scabby. <laughs> scabby, but like ulcers my lips were so dry that yeah, yeah I kind of got like mouth ulcers. That's that's common. So your lips get all really cracked, and you can get ulcers. So these are all the perks of racing, people. So there's so many things. There's the ulcers and the aches and the pains, and I'm sure you had plenty of saddle sores and yeah, pretty sore bum. Um, numb, numb toes pretty much the whole time and they're still yeah. a bit numb. How are your hands? And, um, my hand, my left hand is a bit like a lobster claw still, but <laughs> not too bad. It's like, it seems normal and then I try to, you know, like how you pick up a laptop or a, or a plate <laughs> yeah. and then it's got, it doesn't have the strength. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> Try, tr- like trying to do buttons up and stuff like that is quite yeah. a challenge. So you can you can get a lot of nerve damage in these um, these races, and unfortunately that can that can take a few months uh, before before everything kind of restores. So in the meantime, you just kind of have to deal with it and have people laugh at you when you try and do <laughs> things like use cutlery or you know get dressed. But yeah. um, and no, your it's, it's not too bad. It's really. What about, uh, we've talked about problems with the body, I guess, but uh, what about the bike that you rode? bike was great. What did you ride? A uh, Curve Cycling GXR, also known as Kevin. Yes. <laughs> or Miss Kevin, I believe you've named Miss it. Miss Kevin, yeah. yeah. Well, my, my Kevin uh, is a queen. Yeah. <laughs> She likes to dress and drag through the hula. Yeah. So, yeah, she likes a nightlife. So it's, it's um, more, a, more a off-road, like a gravel bike, isn't it? Yeah, Kevin's a gravel bike, but, um, you know, I, it still works perfectly well as a, an endurance road bike. Mm-hmm. So I had um, some 30 mil road tyres and yep. uh, road wheels on it. Um, like the gravel Geo is kind of similar to road endurance geo. It's a bit more upright, yeah. a bit more comfortable. So, and no, yeah. and of course there were no problems with the bike because curve frames are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> the bike was fine. They didn't have any mechanical issues. No flats. No flats. No. Had tubeless, tubeless tires. Yep. Um, Should always yeah, run tubeless. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Always run tubeless in these races. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm diehard tubeless forever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
yeah, the bike was super comfortable, and um, it was all Stuart from Rider Fit did a fit for me just not long before I left, and uh, I think because of that, I didn't have any really extreme physical problems, and actually was able to ride in the drops for the first time. Oh, wonderful. Because of Stuart, and yeah, got really comfortable descending in the drops. Oh, that's awesome. So. Yeah. Just have to go to Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> you want to improve your descending skills. Yeah, with a lot of cycling practice. <laughs> <laughs> have you been riding much since you got back? Yeah, just normal amount. I was just yeah. going to work and um, went down the uh, Yarra Trails with um, my mate Rachel yesterday. Yep. <laughs> so you've settled back into, I guess, regular life okay since you've been home? Yeah. Because the sleeping pattern was a bit funny for the first few days just because of the jet lag. Um, <laughs> waking up at 3am and then because uh, my body's like confused and crying out for food, I'd, I'd go downstairs and make pancakes. Yeah, and that's go back to sleep. totally acceptable if you jet lagged or not. So, <laughs> and, yeah, and you just palm it off as sleep eating. So, I guess, um, uh, everyone, it's one question that you've probably been asked a million times and it's it's always a question that people want to hear uh, an answer to is, I guess, what are, you, what are you thinking about doing next? Uh, well, I think, so I, I enjoyed the race enough that I want to do it again. Oh, wow, cool. Um, and, but, you know, seeing as I just kind of, winged it this time next time I actually want to plan it train for it um maybe even try to win not win probably overall but try to beat or match Edie's time who yep. was the first woman this year yep. that would be cool that's exciting um, she averaged about 300 kilometers a day yeah so that'd be yeah that might be something to aim for yeah um I'd like to do an Everesting as well I think <laughs> that's yeah that'll give you some good hill training and that that'll um definitely brush up on your mental mental endurance <laughs> skills so that's something you can do just um yeah, but you don't have to do it loaded <laughs> no no absolutely not so that one you can do that just around the corner from you at work on the boulevard so <laughs> <laughs> yeah walmart street interesting i guess um if um if you had to give anyone some advice that maybe wants to start out in these races, what would you what would your I guess pearls of wisdom be? <laughs> um, I think it's a good idea to do a few overnighters with all of your gear yep. beforehand. Um, so I mean I didn't do it really for this, but I'd already done it for Indie Pack, so I. <laughs> really taught me a lot in the um, in the lead up to Indy Pack. Mm-hmm. So as in gear, you mean like everything packed yeah. on your bike? Yeah, your bike loaded as you're going to ride it when you're racing. Yeah. Um, the same kit that you plan to use. Um, so like that will familiarise you with your gear, but also you need to do the full overnighter or two-nighter ride to, to learn like how your body goes in that like um 
writing for such a long amount of time and then how how it deals with trying to eat food and <laughs> staying hydrated and all that kind of thing. I yeah. think it's really important because that's probably why so many people scratch because they've only done, you know, rides during the day or rides on a bike that's not loaded and, and then when they get into the actual race, they just, they're not prepared for that situation. Oh. I guess, um, yeah, practice makes perfect, hey? And you, you constantly fine-tune things in these races, so you never stop learning. So so now it's yeah, on to, I guess, recovery now. So is everyone asking you if you've recovered yet? <laughs> um, no, they haven't done the classic, have you recovered yet? Mm. Say, how's the recovery going? Yeah. The funny thing is I feel like I've basically recovered. I feel really good. That's great. So, oh no, I haven't probably. Yeah. <laughs> so you're living <laughs> so in denial. I feel really good. So I think I'm still a bit high on endorphins. From yeah, you should enjoy it. You should be super proud um, and excited for what you've done. So it's it's no easy feat um, for anybody to set out and ride. Uh, I guess 200k in one day, let alone do it day after day for 10 days. So. Um, and you made it made it just in time for the um, finishers party too, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I timed the finish perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> it's the important part <laughs> is you make really it to cool. the end for beer. So <laughs> that's actually that's what kept me motivated for a lot of the ride. <laughs> the beer like, at I the have end. To finish. I was like, I have to finish by Saturday night. I'm not. I had so much FOMO about that party. <laughs> And you got to I made and it in time for last drinks. Were there many races at the end that stuck around for the party? Um, yeah, there were a few. And yeah. there was uh, like the photographers and mm-hmm. a few people who had sort of scratched and then had sort of volunteered to help with the race. Yeah. So, yeah, we all stayed in the same hostel and hung out the next day and had breakfast and stuff. Had a hangover together by the sounds of it. <laughs> so. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, I guess, um, is there anything else that you'd like to, I guess, any final parting words or anything else you'd like to highlight that maybe I haven't asked you about? Oh, um, Under pressure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the spot. Um, oh, I haven't done any swears. That's good. No, I know. I was expecting <laughs> you to be dropping swear words left, right and centre, but I think... <laughs> I think you managed to get most of that out out of your system in a few of the videos you've posted in the last few days. So if people are interested in seeing Kate's uh, pack list and um, learn a few new colourful words, uh, you can through her Instagram page as well. So, um, but I can easily edit this podcast as well. So yeah, <laughs> no, nothing's coming top of mind. But I will. I'll keep working on that little write-up of the whole thing and um, see if anything surfaces. Yeah, the diary. It'd be great to see if, um, yeah, if you can pull something together for that. So once, um, I guess your head's a little bit more rested. So mm, yeah, and I'll pop that on the Curve blog on the Curve website. Wonderful. All right, Kate. I'll um, I'll let you get back to. Your what? Oh, see, I don't even know what day it is anymore because I don't have a regular lifestyle anymore. It's Monday night. 
Monday night. It's Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll let you time get... for second dinner. Second dinner. Yeah, you got to keep eating. All right, Kate, thanks for, um, thanks for making some time to chat to us. Thanks, Sarah. It's good to chat. A big thank you again to Kate for making some time tonight to have a chat to us about her recent adventure riding in the Transatlantic Way. Uh, again, if you missed it in the podcast, jump on Kate's Instagram page, uh, at Kate the Fowler. You'll see lots of very green, wonderful photos from her recent ride, plus some links through to her pack list and, you know, bike of choice, all that kind of stuff. Um, so thank you for listening. I hope there weren't too many interruptions, um, from the people in the caravan park where I am. So I know we had a screaming baby and a few other bits and pieces. So (laughs) I appreciate everyone's patience. Um, thanks again. Bye.